You wouldn't do well at Cheers? I would not do well at Cheers because every time I have had more than one beer, I have almost died. Uh, <laughs> to quote an article in our college newspaper. Uh, <laughs> and they would also just hate me because, yeah, I'd be there forever sipping one beer while Norm is on like his third pitcher of the night. All of the people in this show need professional help, yeah. but I love them dearly. The thing is, and I think the thing that makes me appreciate this show is like the show knows that and it and basically spells it out yeah especially this finale it was like oh okay like it's not just me who always thought this show basically took place in purgatory uh but that does seem to be <laughs> the subtext what are you talking about <laughs> one a character says that in the first episode and she's wrong because if you told me that there was a bar run by an x relief pitcher where they're arguing over what the sweatiest movie of all time is i would that be like i'm home that conversation yeah ruled. right if you're there the first time but then if you're there 11 years later and it's all still the same people plus fraser crane i'd be <laughs> what is the sweatiest movie of all time uh 2023 update I can never think of a sweaty movie. I always say the sweatiest TV show of all time is Bloodline. You do like to invoke that show yeah. as being in the glades. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other things set in just like swamp-ass climates that really get that. I feel like Do the Right Thing. Pretty yeah. sweaty movie. Yeah, Heat Wave movie. Predator. We're not, yeah, it's also good to name uh, things that came out after you know what? Predator was something that I that crossed my mind as the sweatiest movie because I just remember Arnold and your man, the other guy. What's his name? Jesse Ventura, Carl Weathers, Shane Black himself, the Predator. I don't think it's Jesse Ventura, <laughs> the black guy. Carl Weathers. Bill Duke. Oh, yeah. Bill Duke's in that movie, too. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? I think I'm thinking of Carl Weathers. I'm thinking of Carl Weathers. They're the ones that do uh, the handshake. Is yeah, 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 yeah. I just re- I just remember them being very glisteny. Yeah. There's probably like I know that we don't. I know that when this happens, we're 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 talking about a very particular type of film. But I feel like if you don't specify, if you're like, what is the sweatiest film? It's probably a porn. Probably a porno. Some very sweaty porno. Sweaty uh, sure, girls yeah, but seven. Sure, great, yeah, but I like. Do you know the names? Um, do we even qualify? Do we even make porn films anymore? It's video. I feel like there it's, are still there's they still I, make there's them. still an audience for them that does like the a full length thing. So when I was watching, I think this is when I watched the TV show The Deuce, which largely was like about the sex what industry. Is it was a David Simon show okay. about Times Square in the seventies and eighties. Um, but often about just like sex work as a whole and like the end of season one is like deep throat is released and i finally like for the first time in my life at that point looked up like is that a is what that is a the porn, porn movie that is like that's the porn movie it's like it's the an famous, famous porn, porn movie porn back when people still really when not they put porn in theaters somebody, not, not just because the nixon guy a, took the name deep yeah. throat from that movie but he did but like it was like a massive like commercial thing that happened and people would say like deep throat really changed the game because it was like they showed that like porn could have a plot or whatever and i looked up what deep throat it was about and it's about what if a woman had a clitoris in her throat so that blowjobs yeah. felt really good and oh it was 90 God. minutes long <laughs> like the plot there's really not what, much more sounds... to it than that <laughs> i mean that's basically to, like to a be french honest, film to, yeah i was gonna say to be honest the, i feel like if you made that today it might get some like Palm respect door. and come out like an indie or like Sundance. It's like Sundance. Have you seen Deep Throat? Palm Door. Um, 
Julie DeCournau yeah, pa- directs Palm it. Palm is correct. Yeah, I th- I think I think that could be uh, like a certain director directing that could get that plot could could get a lot of respect. <laughs> Lars von Trier's Deep Throat. Oh God, that would. Well, he already did um, Nymphomania. Nymphomania. That was his sex movie, part one and two. That's probably why I thought of him. Yeah. Speaking of nymphomaniacs, um, Sam Malone. <laughs> Make my way in the world today. <laughs> he has takes to go to, everything you he got. Goes to sex addiction therapy. Yeah, I, I he actually may qualify. What a what a what a distinction. Yeah, he was uh, he was an nymphomaniac. He was one of the lovers. That would be that would have been the thing that got me to finish that movie. Folks, it is that time once again. That time to cover every television show in existence, because it is, as you know, the podcast dedicated to covering every television show, the first and last episode of them, uh, because uh, we we flamed out of the MLB and we got nothing else to do. I'm Ian Benson. Joining me, as always, he is looking for the police because he lost his luggage. It's Stephen Doughton. Yeah, I'm, I've never actually found my luggage. And he's living for cleavage. It's Travis Marmon. Oh, you really... Uh, I've lately been trying to predict what you would say for these intros in a lot of episodes, and you uh, you zagged on me twice because I thought you were going to say, call Steven a magnificent pagan beast and me a bitter little person. But Thanks I know you do like to go, but you do go to the actions these days more often than, yeah, also, than the descriptors. I heard him say magnificent pagan beast and i was like well everyone's gonna expect steven I mean, they're gonna watch that one and be like oh that's the steven line and then they'll actually be like well no what ian would do is introduced travis yeah using i magnificent thought about that pagan as well beast. so instead i chose the third option that's called ireland <laughs> where uh, everyone knows your name yes uh it's you, small you live here long enough <laughs> uh everybody starts to just know who you are because it's small Especially if you live in like any any place that is not Dublin. I say like, with the amount enough in Dublin. With the amount of like pubs in else. Dublin, are people loyal to one like just the one that is most in walking distance of their house or No. No, it's not really like that here. It is it is like that in most towns. Like, like, I feel like if I was ever going to have a Cheers life, and I know that it would be hard because of the fact that, like, Dublin, Dublin is a side. I feel like in order to have a Cheers type of bar, you either have to, number one, be in a small town where everybody just goes to that bar because it's the best one out of the three choices. Or number two, you live in a Chicago, New York, London type of place where... There's so many choices that everybody just defaults to the one that's in walking distance from their house. So they go there. Whereas in Dublin, it's just there's just too many. And there's like there's so many and there you either have three in walking distance from your house or zero. I get the one one thing I felt when watching this is I don't think I've ever really been to a bar that had a this type of vibe to it. Even like the neighborhood haunts that like a, I never had like my own like watering hole place because I'm that's just not how I spend a lot of my nights. But when I'd go to places with my friends that are like their their specific place they love to go, it's a there's always fucking music playing at almost every bar I've ever been to, uh, which obviously you can't do on this show because then like it's like to be more realistic if everyone was just screaming all of their dialogue it would be yeah not great right. um, yeah but it's also. 
I don't know. It's hard to imagine in Boston, a place with a huge drinking culture that like you could find somewhere this like quiet and like there that feels place, so local. There is a place in Columbus that was a couple of minutes from where, not even one minute walk from where I worked and everybody would get, go there after their shift and there were like, and it's not like nobody else would come in, but that's true in Cheers too. Like you'd see other people there, but there were like eight to ten heads that were there almost every time you yeah. went. And you, and so that is the closest I've ever come. Dick's Den is what I'm talking about, Ian. Um, I I knew which one you were going to talk about, and I thought you were going to say for a second that there was not music or anything like that. And I was like, isn't that a jazz bar? No, I was never going to say that. But That's I will say, because it's a jazz bar, when there isn't someone on stage, um, it is, it, it, the music actually isn't really blasting. Um, but they have a lot of live music that you do have to scream over. Uh, or you can stand outside. But yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to having a bar like that. Yeah, I mean, we all want to go where everybody knows your name. Do you know? Do you ha- did you ever have a bar like that, Ian? Well, like Moms or whatever. Moms is <laughs> yeah. It was like that's the diner on all. campus at Worcester. That was my article. <laughs> I've never had a Cheers like space. I've had bars that I go to, but I'm also not really ever looking for a Cheers like yeah. space. If you know, we're starting to get our names learned at the bar that's next door to me, but that's because we go there for trivia and dominate. Dominate? Yeah. Like ever since we started going to trivia. We have not gotten below second place in any given week since we are formed there, this how team. How popular is this trivia? Pretty popular. There are generally so there are that at least 10 you. teams playing. Yeah, like yes. there are the people that won all the yeah, time, and then we came in and yeah, took over the fucking That's what I block. was asking. Like, there's, <laughs> there's a consistent group of people that don't like you. <laughs> they see that's what like, we like to think. We're not really sure, especially because we always play outside. Um, and they're usually... <laughs> in the bar but we we like to think that we have that, that we're like the neighborhood bullies come, now come the next few weeks and we have occasionally talked to them like on the way out or whatever and they seem nice but when you're out of but when you're out of your shot they yeah. are you gotta start shit talking well, especially because alex has a competitive streak she doesn't like to talk about that does come out during this cheers an nbc television program that ran from september 30th 1982 to may 20th 1993 for 275 episodes across 11 seasons uh, created by James Burroughs and Glenn and Les Charles. Uh, the show is set in the titular Boston bar where a group of locals meet to drink and relax centered around the bar's owner and bartender, uh, Sam Malone, a womanizing former relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. It also includes, of course, the characters, Diane Chambers, Carla Tortelli, uh, Ernie Pes- uh, Penso, Pan- Pansudo, Pans- or Coach, yeah. uh, Norm Peterson, Cliff Clavin, Fraser Crane, Woody Boyd, Lilith Stern, and Rebecca Howe joining in later seasons. Uh, a television program. Did Woody that I play Woody? Yeah, Woody Harrelson played yes. Woody. My, your, if your <laughs> name is the character's name, they just assumed you were too dumb to li- answer to everything else. Starts, which works for the Who character that he's this? playing. Yeah, the origin point. But is Woody this. Harrelson, in reality, one of my favorite actors, he, he, definitely. He does not seem stupid at all. Uh, 
Yeah. Also, again, who did he I, endorse for the 2024 <laughs> president? Uh, I'm, talk, I'm talking, Robert about, F. Kennedy I'm talking Jr. about Woody Harrelson. Which, after his yeah. you know, time at Boston, who did he after okay. his time at Boston City right. Council, he got to know the Kennedy okay. family really well. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> also, he knows a few things. <laughs> about, also, Woody Harrelson knows a few things about people being assassinated. Because um, uh, and why is that, Travis? Because uh, his dad was a hitman. <laughs> who I forget who he killed, but. <laughs> There's a whole thing there, and again, I brought this up at the end of last episode, I was asked about Cheers, but for people that don't know, the guy who is the subject of the film Grizzly Man, who hung out with grizzly bears until he got eaten by them, claims that he auditioned for the role of Woody Boyd and lost out to Woody Harrelson, and thus went on his life path that he had instead. The veracity of this is quite questionable. Uh, uh, Woody, uh, sorry, Charles Harrison Harrelson uh, killed a federal judge. Yeah. Uh, the first federal judge to be assassinated in the 20th century. And then Woody moved to Lebanon, Ohio. Huh? And worked at and King's Island. And was friends with Mike Pence and his frat at Hanover College. I've learned, God, a truly full life for this man. Matthew McConaughey has said that his mother also knew Charles Harrison. Uh, Harrelson around the time that Matthew McConaughey was born. Which... And that he should maybe take a DNA test. <laughs> so if I'm just like, Wait a minute, related, that really changes True Detective a whole that, lot. I just was reading that part of this, and I was like, I I need to know some more. I mean, I guess this, I guess Charles Harrelson uh, here is looking like a snack in this mugshot photo <laughs> of him after killing a federal judge. He looks a lot like Woody. He doesn't look very much like McConaughey. He's got that hair, though. I guess I don't know. I, I, who cares? We'd all seen a little bit of Cheers, right? I'd probably seen clips, and I I mean, I know about, certainly, get, I watch a lot of Jeopardy, and the Cliff Clavin uh, Jeopardy episode gets referenced a lot on that. You weren't like a, um, that. like a Nick at Night kind of I was of kid? never a Nick at Night kid. I was, I do, mm. absolutely no live action for me um, when I was that Ever, age. Yeah, not day. interested at that time. Not interested in adults and their problems at a fucking bar, for sure. I don't think that would have been too relatable. Although we know Tommy Fair Westfall point. watched it, because the show, of course, is in the Tommy Westfall universe. Um, but also in the St. Elsewhere universe, as I recall. Well, wait, how, wouldn't it be both? I think they did a crossover, and at some point, Tommy Westfall watched Cheers on an episode, because they're both in Boston. Maybe it's just that it was referenced. I don't know. Before they ever did the Snow Globe thing, there is a thing that's like Tommy watches Cheers on TV. Uh, some of the doctors drop in and have drinks at Cheers, and uh, Carla has a baby at the hospital. Crossing your medical dramas hospital. over with your sitcoms is crazy to do. <laughs> Why? Um, doctors need to go places. I know. People got to go see the That's doctor. just such a weird TV move. Crossing over in general, weird TV move. But I appreciate it. <laughs> I definitely saw some Cheers on Nick at Night at some point in my life. Uh, I have also watched a bit of cheers because people talk about how it's a great sitcom that definitely holds up and they're right. Uh, what's the opinion. weirdest, what is the weirdest crossover ever? Like what's a crossover so wild that like America broke their collective ankles. I feel like there were some X-Files ones we talked about on that episode that were on X-Files and cops. Yes. X-Files and cops has certainly got to be up there doing any crossover with a reality show is um, quite something. Supernatural and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Power Rangers is in space and Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. 
Uh, Doctor Who and EastEnders. What? I'd say those are some big ones. Though I guess the American people did not lose their shit over <laughs> Doctor Who and EastEnders. Just, just really <laughs> annoying ones. Does not, yeah. Does not hold up to the original uh I assume question. part of the pitch for this show um, to NBC was this will be the cheapest show you could possibly produce because 99.9% of it takes place on one set. That's one room. Uh, what a room, though. Yeah, it's very like, pretty. I, yeah. I, I like. I, I like. It, it does actually look like a lot of the bars here. It's like I wonder if Cheers had an influence on the bar scene post eighties. One hundred percent. Yeah, people are trying. Yeah, people are probably look. trying to be Sam. I mean, people always have been, but like people probably were extra trying. <laughs> I've always tried so to be TV's Ted Danson. Being a bartender, you really do have to balance the how much you care or know about people's lives and people will try to talk to you about it um and it's like i probably i was i i so rarely bartended and served uh at, at a bar quite a bit but i dated bartenders almost entirely for about four years uh one of which uh is kind of named after one of the people in this show at yes. least her middle name her middle name um, yes uh, i learned her that middle at name, a bar her middle name norm no <laughs> <laughs> you want to um, guess again i mean is it diane is it malone nope. no. not a character no, name. Uh, uh actress is it um shelly nope kirsty yep yes mm. The one I'd be least thrilled to be named <laughs> after, I feel, is Kirstie Alley. R.I.P., though. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a bummer to look. It, you, you see what Cheers Beacon Hill looks like. And, of course, it doesn't look anything like the the set. Cheers Beacon Hill is this a bar in Boston that's supposed to be modeled after it or something? It is uh, formerly the Bowl and Finch Pub. It is the exterior bar. Okay. The exterior shots are this place. It was the... Uh, the Bull and Finch, and then it was Quafers. Is it in uh, Boston? I believe. Or in LA? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. Um, across in the Boston Public Garden uh, on Beacon Street. Uh, and uh, it uh, it is now, you know, uh, an institution because it is, it is the Cheers Bar. But it doesn't look like Cheers because it can't because it's just, you can't renovate. You can't, you can only do so much with the interior. <laughs> Uh, it was already a notable bar before, um, because of like it just being uh, in the neighbor, you know, a, a, a nice, a nice place, uh, and uh, the official preppy handbook, which you know was a sort of asshole, uh, you know, uh, Bible uh, name checks the spot at the time as a as a sort of ideal bar, you know, clubby but library atmosphere. Uh, do you see the numbers for how many people watch the show? What? <laughs> yeah, remember when we were making a big thing out of Daijin Guy and then it's seeing that 40% of Americans watched the Cheers finale? Oh, my no, God. Yeah, I was like, I went, in, I went in very cold to this episode besides just watching them. I did not do much uh, Wait, research looking for fun So fact. is that 120 million? Uh, well, you got to remember it was in the, uh, the 90s, so it's... 93 million. Okay. And is that households or is that estimated people? Uh, estimated 93 million viewers. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of viewers, though, I'll, I'll, I'll say. 
And there were more than three channels by then, although it was still, you know, obviously the networks are still largely dominant in 1993. How but many like, people do you think have seen the Cheers finale now? 93 million in three? <laughs> it remains a, you know, like you guys, I said, it's on Nick at Night. It's a popular show. What's up? You guys, more people watched Cheers finale then voted for Joseph Robinette Biden in the 2020 election. In the election with the highest turnout of all time or whatever. In the election that he won. Yeah. Yeah. 81 million people voted for Biden. And how many people would vote for would Sam, Sam Malone? 93 million people. Sam Malone... Ted Danson on the back of Cheers might have been able to put a presidential run in there. Speaking of presidents, Probably. Uh, there was a look at his of chin. Of course, he'd be president. Yes, there was a mention of a this future man, president on this show as well. Th- this man oozes presidential. <laughs> Every has Ted Danson ever played a he president? Does. He has such guy who has been the president in a movie or TV show vibes. But yeah, he 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 could easily be Bill Paxton or Pullman. I don't have know we talked Danson? Uh, yeah, CSI Cyber. Of course, was our first dance and show. (laughs) Fuck. I knew there was one. We didn't roll from original CSI, I think. But now we can really dig into into dancing. He, at the time, was considered to have one of the costliest divorces. From whom? Who who did he divorce? Um, His producer, uh, his wife, who was a producer, Cassandra Coates. She suffered a stroke, and then Danson spent several years caring for her and helping her recuperate. Uh, his affair with actress Whoopi Goldberg contributed to their I divorce. I forgot the, the, what? Ted, the Ted Danson-Whoopi Goldberg relationship, which is why we have the photo of Ted Danson in blackface at a roast of Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. A legendary moment. I believe I, I, I would, and again, I'm not saying that this clears it, but I believe to make it even weirder, I believe Whoopi wrote everything he said that night. <laughs> It's very, very weird. <laughs> Ted Danson. The thing about not knowing anything is that sometimes you find things out that everyone else knew, and that's insane. <laughs> what? Ted and Whoopi? Or Ted Blackface with Whoopi under her direction. <laughs> Mary Steenbergen looks cute. I mean, they've been together oh, forever, except in uh, the Kirby Enthusiasm universe where they eventually get divorced and Ted uh, starts dating Cheryl. What is she? Do I do I like we, her? She was, was she? unjustified at the end that we watched. Oh, okay. Do you like Mary Steen version? Yeah, everyone does. You're an American. You're a you're a breathing American. Is she in eighty for Brady or in Book Club? Which of the old, which uh, of the Book Fonda Club. old lady quad movies? Is it? Okay, she's in Book Club. Got she it. is not. She's not one of the the, the ladies for Brady. Because <laughs> as much as I do love Mary, the ladies for Brady's could only be the heaviest hitters of all time. Yeah, she's a little below that tier. It's Fonda, Tomlin, Fields, Moreno. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty wild. It is. It is the Avengers it's for Oscar the overwinning crowd. Yeah, like, yeah. I one of those people has an egot. <laughs> Lily Tomlin has no Oscars, which is still a crime. Just give it to her for 80 for Brady. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Wait, that would be taking away from... Li- no, she'd be supporting, not not lead. So, yeah. It's been mentioned before, but uh, I believe on this podcast, but Albert Brooks wrote a speech for Lily Tomlin to win actress that will never get used, where the idea was that she would get up there and act all humble, and in the background, Albert Brooks would be wheeling out her trophy case that is filled with all of the other awards she's won in life. 
That's very but funny. This has little to do with Cheers, a good television program. Cheers. What do we? What do we? What do I have to say about Cheers? Other than it's time to talk about the first episode of Cheers. Here's. Can I give my like? Can I give my like two sentence review? Yeah. The vibes are immaculate. I don't know if you could get away with being as casually misogynist anymore. It's so interesting the way that that it feels very natural in this show. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Which is why I was going to say, well, it's just I mean, different times. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty-two is forty-one years ago. Yep. And it is a huge part of the Sam Malone character is that he's a womanizer, and this also is a thing that, like, that trait of his totally fucks up his life. Definitely a cool move to be um, an ex-baseball player who lost it all because of your drunken womanizing ways. The things that I wish uh, I could have heard said about Sam Malone on ESPN, oh, man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Ryan Leaf of, of <laughs> this universe. Stephen A. Smith. He was so drunk, he bought a bar! <laughs> <laughs> and the Knicks still signed him! Yeah, I was like, is it implied how long his own B career is? Because, like, the other thing, she's like, why aren't you still pitching? It's like, well, Ted Danson's 35. Like, he could be, but it's not crazy that he's he could not. Be. Yeah. He could, like, 35-year-olds do be pitching. How old's Max Scherzer? Probably How older than Bartolo that. Bartolo Colon. But it's, I know he's well. Yeah. He's not actively. Playing. I know. I know. But he was at. But it's still 43. like it's not. It's not crazy <laughs> to be retired from any professional sport by that age. No. Scherzer's thirty nine. Did you guys see that really weird ESPN? I think it was ESPN post that was like Max Scherzer now has two rings with two teams, and they put the two logo, the Nats logo and the Rangers logo, in his eyes because of his heterochromia. And everyone's like, that was that, everyone's like that that's weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was, or that image was very strange. What? Just being like, oh, okay, guys. Yeah, it was one of those immediately new cursed sports image that um, I was like, oh, should I save this one? I like Just like that. I saved the, you know, every now and then there'll be one where I'm like, oh, they're going to delete this. I should save it before it's gone. Uh, that one where it was. Or you can do the Bleacher Report, no, U- the Bleacher Report, U.S. Women's National Team, America stands with that, you photo. The exact one the, I was about to say, which is why I was like, Travis, you can go ahead and say it. <laughs> because if you're going to know what it is, it's funnier. The one with uh, like four of the seven kids on Stranger Things and like Iron Man. I don't remember else on it. Just Baker Mayfield. <laughs> was Baker Mayfield on it? Baker Mayfield was on that. Okay, what happens at the start of Cheers? There's a child uh, at the, the bar. At the start of Cheers... Uh, Sam Malone uh, is just opening up the bar when in walks uh, Boston University uh, student Diane Chambers. Well, and, before that, there's uh, a kid who her- comes in who's like trying to. Oh, you're right. Get it? Who claims to have a, be a 38 year old veteran? That's um, the yeah. That's our maybe he's got our, Andy Milanakis. That's our in introduction to uh, to Sam. Cheers is. Um, a kid coming in and being like, I'll have a drink. And he's like, oh, uh, sir. How about a beer? And he's like, I need to see some ID. And he's like, ID, the missus isn't going to believe this. Uh, and then Sam sees that it's, it's uh, he has a military idea. ID that says he was born in 1944. Just so he's how like, was he must have been in Vietnam. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, he, saw the sh- yeah, he was in the shit. Uh, war is and, gross, uh, though. And the kid is right. 
People are getting all sorts Sam of stuff Jackson. in the jungle. Do you, is it? Do you believe that this? Do you do you want this kid to actually be thirty eight and have Andy Milanakis disease? <laughs> Every time you say that, I come closer to picking the Andy Milanakis show. So tread lightly. But uh, why would you do that? <laughs> why can't I make that reference point? Why must I be? The, I will not be the more you say I will it, not the more likely I come in here with peas on my head. Um, what? Andy Milanakis show theme. Peas on my head. Don't call me a pea head. Bees on my head. Don't call me a bee head. You know, you don't remember. No, I guess I'm gonna have to pick it next time because because of this. I'm gonna uh, break your fucking knees. Yeah, um, but then on the way out, the kid lets in Diane and this hella nasty, uh, classic, uh, stereotypical gross English professor guy who's like, I fell in love with my TA. This How could this you not? Char- this character both both this. This like hyper intelligent, like so smart she's dumb student, and like creepy ass professor are so well like they're just real. They're real people. Like both of them. I'm like I I believe both these people so hard. Yeah. When she asks for a kiss before he leaves, and he says, "I'll try." What was it like? I I won't test my luck or whatever before seeing his ex wife. Y'all know and that she, that's, you know, I, I sorry because because we've talked about the the dube already in this in this episode. Y'all know that that was the dynamic of the people who order the dube dinner deluxe for me, right? A college professor and his TA that he's marrying, student, grad student. Uh, uh yeah, which is um, usually who. Yeah, for for uh, the context, Travis and and listeners, Stephen, please explain what that. Item the Dube Dinner Deluxe. The Dube Dinner Deluxe is a uh, platter of a grilled cheese with two sides. The grilled cheese made with Rockford cheese, uh, and the uh, and it all comes with a bottle of Dom Perignon uh, for a cool two hundred quid, which we lost no, money it's not. on. Yes, we lost money. It's not what because I said quid. Yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> Buckaroos, Dollaroonies. <laughs> Better. Thank you. <laughs> Two hundred dollars gets you a bottle of Dom Perignon, a grilled cheese with uh, with Rockford cheese, and two sides, which would always be like onion rings. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking, you could get one time we you could get a side of you could get a side of like buttered spaghetti. Um, at the dupe with any like most <laughs> most meals came with two sides and our sides list was big like applesauce mashed potatoes fries onion rings like you could get so many things aside including just a plate of spaghetti uh like <laughs> un unsauced spaghetti and um mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and one time we dared my friend phil to get spaghetti and meatballs with two sides of spaghetti and he just did it Cause that was his, that was his thing. He's like, sure, why not? I'll get spaghetti meatballs with two sides of spaghetti. Um, uh, it's a real, a real red heron order from them. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, that was. It was like, yes, we've fallen in love, and it was like this kind of like nerdy looking, like fifty year old professor ass guy, and this girl who looked to be twenty seven or twenty eight. And a grad student, 
and they were like, we're having a whirlwind romance. We've been dating for two weeks, and we're going to get married, and we're celebrating with the Dupe Dinner Deluxe. Will you have a glass was of it your, Was it your us? intellect or your desire to get a gourmet grilled cheese uh, to this that one her yeah, over? This is just... It's Jesus a shame you hadn't seen the first Christ. episode of Cheers, I so you know. could say that I give it this six is months. Just, you, is this the yeah. first episode of Cheers? Yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> y'all going to Barbados after this? Do we need to like hire you at the end of this? If you came home, if this, like you came, like if you were like, hey, oh right, Ian, but I uh, yeah, you won't believe this story. This grad student, I was living with uh, you God. at the time. That's right. This grad student got dumped by her professor that she was dating, and now we hired her at the Dube. And be like, what? Yep, you mean that's, Cheers? That's the first episode of Cheers. Uh, oh, maybe I was meant to be her coworker. Oh, well. I'll never know. But yeah, so, uh, well, we covered, I kind of indirectly, the plot of the episode via I, Stephen's anecdote. I mostly enjoyed the joke when they're quoting John Dunn or whatever, and they say, that's done. And Sam says, I certainly hope so. He's crushing it. Good How, okay. It's a good sitcom pitch, right? Yeah. The lives think, of people think, that just hang out at this bar all the time. I think I think it's a simple, it's unique enough and simple enough. It's that perfect, it's threading the needle of like, it's not, it's not insanely complex. And also there hasn't really been a sitcom exactly like this before. Also, just like, and they touch on it certainly in other episodes, but like, if you were doing it now and you wanted to make it more dramatic, you're just like, yeah, uh, bars run by an ex drunk. He never touches the stuff. You're just like, oh, okay. You know, and then you, you say that before they you get out of the elevator, and they're like, yeah, okay, hold on. It does force the writing staff to have, like, it puts a lot of pressure on you because this show, this show has to run purely on dialogue because it's all in one set in. Yeah. This small environment. There's not a lot of room for physical comedy or really wacky situations to arise. You, you can, you can't. You, what can you, have to, you can't have physical comedy in a bar. I, I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I agree with that one. Um, but like, you know, you got Rhea, you got Rhea Perlman just fucking laying out on a table talking you about how she that. only has one erogenous zone, her whole body. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> that don't, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Saying Thomas. that to Tom. <laughs> saying that to fucking Tom Berenger. Berenger. Yes. I always <laughs> almost call it Tom Bergeron, but very different person. That would be interesting. Uh, did you see... If I was Coach of the Bears, so the Leaf have 10 wins. Other people, <laughs> other people who work at the bar, you have... Um, so it's Sam Malone, uh, Diane Chambers will join, and then you have Ernie, or Coach, and Carla. Uh, did you... I guess no, because no one looked into this. No one did research. Uh, did you see, So here are two other people who were offered the role for coach. Okay. Travis, you'll probably be the only one who will know one of these guys, uh, which is Robert Prosky. That is the dude from Thief. That's the terrifying that is, mob guy, right? Yes. That was yes, like that his is first 100% who he okay. is. <laughs> the, the scary man from Thief, <laughs> who also then is in like, you know. He has uh, a career. Yeah, broadcast Absolute news and the yeah. natural and stuff like that. But could you imagine Prosky just being the genteel guy at the bar? And no. then if you watched Thief after that, you'd be like, what the fuck, coach? <laughs> yeah. And the other man who turned down, because he, he had another cush, he had another nice little gig, a little, uh, little old man by the name of John Madden. Huh. I mean, that's a funny joke to get an actual coach. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if John Madden 
would be well, you don't uh, think actually, great it would have been I don't know. Though. I think Madden I could I could believe that Madden could do that like a small role and be yeah. pretty good. I mean the guy was charismatic. Yeah, exactly. I I would love to have seen and John like Madden he's getting this. things written for him, so he doesn't have to say things like ninety percent of football is half mental or the key to winning Which games. Would be or great if with you do, character. it's because someone wrote it that you can say things like the key to winning games is having your drives end in some kind of points. That is true. That is, all, that is <laughs> he's undeniably right. true. No, it's, he's not wrong. It's just kind of obvious, unless you're Iowa. Um, <laughs> Listen, you ain't first, you last. I am, it's impossible for me to say that and not do an English accent now I did because of in, fucking Christopher Nolan. By the way, I did look into, so the coach is introduced here complaining about the Patriots draft because they spent a high draft pick on a linebacker. And I looked into I'm this. I'm so glad you have this type of I autism. was like, who did the Patriots actually draft in 1982? They did have the number one pick and they got a defensive end. So mm. close. But they got a guy named Kenneth Sims, who was an All-American in Texas. That's a really normal and he thing had a pretty to dis- do. He like had a pretty Miles disappointing Garrett. career. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if it was quite as I don't know if there was quite as much for premium on pass rush in that era as That's there is true. now. That's true. Um, You're right. It was probably a bit But Kenneth valuable. Sims only had seventeen career sacks and a lot of injuries and then alcoholism himself. But he was on the uh eighty five Super Bowl team that got annihilated by the Bears. Any people in that draft where you're like, wow, they should have gotten that guy instead? Uh, let me quickly look up 1982 draft. Be. I mean, there is an every draft usually. Um, uh, say that to the 2000 NBA draft. Marcus Allen, Mike Munchak, okay. those are Hall of Famers in the first round. It's not a great draft. Uh, the Patriots did draft Andre Tippett, a linebacker in the second round, who is a Hall of Famer. Well, so, then it all, it all came out. Yeah, so maybe, the, you know, coach, you got to... They were onto something. You didn't realize it. Uh, Mark Super Duper was in this draft also. The man who changed his middle name to Super. Jim McMahon. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a, not a tremendous first round. Uh, people who were also considered for the role of Sam Malone. Uh, Danson, William Devane, and Fred Dreyer were considered. Uh, William <laughs> Devane... Uh, what would you know him from? I've he's, heard of both of those guys, but I couldn't tell you who they are. Yeah. Um, William Devane was on like 24, and uh, he was in Marathon Man. And I've seen that movie. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's a, he's a working actor. Uh, there's probably some obvious thing that I'm missing, but I don't have it on me. And then, uh, what was the other one that I had just Fred said? Dreyer. Fred Dreyer, who uh, was a defensive end for the N- in the NFL. Okay, uh, that's why I've probably heard that name too. A lot yes, of sports um, stuff for this. Uh, yeah, it was show. interesting. He, was it, there's a lot of sports talk in this show. Then we get Mike Ditka later. Yeah, uh, was dancing great like, performance from Ditka. Yeah, tremendous pathos from the, Ditka. The fake awards show banter was really good, actually. Um, was Danson that, like yeah. a person that anyone knew about at all before this show? Like, uh, he's Danson, 35. Um, he had been in an episode of Taxi. So, you know, he was Who uh, was Mike Ditka but, playing in this show? Uh, Mike Ditka. Okay, I thought so. I just, it, I, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh, John Lithgow was, uh, so Ed O'Neill auditioned to play Sam Malone. Would have been great. And then uh, Lithgow was also going to audition for it but was sick that day 
And uh, uh, well, we'll never know what hard. career he would have. Yeah, had. that's hard for me to see. I could see Lithgow as Fraser Crane. I don't think I could see him as Sam. I don't know. He's played weird freaks, like in you know movies where he murders people. I don't think Sam's a weird freak though. He's mm, a handsome womanizer man. He's a weird. He's there to he's be. Weird, he's there to put charm. He's a weird put charm freak on. in like you know in bed. Ways. Their Dripping dessert, raspberry all over the place. Their dessert conversation was too abstract even for me. I'm like, what are they getting at? Like, what? Like, I don't understand. Like, it, like it, well, yeah. raspberry they, sauce. You're like, I don't understand where this is going. They had, yeah, they had a lot of. They had a lot of. They're being very literal. But yeah, he's going to cover in vanilla ice cream and chocolate sauce and raspberries. Yeah, really. He could have. God, if there's if there's anything in the world more overrated than than like putting food stuffs on people's bodies for sexy reasons i don't know what it is it is just so saving so had a really bad time doing the varsity blues thing i guess it's just so fucking whatever i mean if you're 16 and horny like fucking go for it because you're 16 but like jesus christ y'all i don't know man maybe you just haven't right found the right food to pair with it What's the wrong food to pair with it? I don't know, like a McDouble? Cincinnati chili. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> hey, I... Commonly done place, in Southwest Ohio. I know a place here. It's 1 a.m. You're sitting there with, with fucking whatever faces. Like, oh, uh, Diane, you're like, I know a place where uh, you can get chili. You can get it three-way. Or four-way, <laughs> or five-way. In Chicago, it's very common to uh, use a wet beef during sex in a variety oh. of ways. Oh. Travis, what? Sorry, Portildos. How did Portildos you- <laughs> is what I was trying to say, but I couldn't. No, well, that's stop that, that you get the, the the hot dog for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's oh, the yeah, that, you want that's an Italian combo? You oh, yeah, to erotically baby. drip au jus on someone. Sorry, I I want this bit to end on Portildos. Like, <laughs> I, 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 we can't go higher. That's <laughs> the Lovecraftian <laughs> horrors that await if we go any further. <laughs> just hitting the group chat with just the Portildos. That's it. Nothing, <laughs> no, nothing else. So, um. Yeah, this professor has come in. He is he and he and Diane are gonna get in. Get, or they're gonna get married. They're gonna go to Barbados, but he doesn't have a wedding ring. So Sumner goes to retrieve the ring from his ex-wife, and she says, "Am I crazy letting you go see a woman you were once in love with?" Uh, which is absolutely the case. Uh, if you but yeah, be and then he person. goes, "Am I crazy leaving you in a bar?" And then they look at Sam, and he's like, "Too close to call," which it certainly is not. Oh. oh. A woman alone in a bar is just a thing that happens. Going to get your ring back from your ex-wife is a huge fucking deal. I would say Sam's view of this whole situation is these are the two dumbest people alive that just walked into my bar. Is sort of the the vibe that I get from a lot of this, even though he's but also a little bit like I don't know, I'm bored. Diane. Yeah, that is um, what it's like. You're like these people suck, but also this is the most interesting thing to happen today. That is what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, that is arguably just customer service, uh, yep. too, in general. Just like, ah, uh, these fucking dipshits came in, but they were kind of entertaining. Uh, now, an important note, 
uh, just uh, in, with this television is like, so mo most of these actors, this is kind of their first big thing because they purposefully, when making the show, were kind of like, let's get some people who aren't names. We don't want uh, a lot of baggage to come, you know, mm -hmm. with the show and pre-existing ideas. So they, uh, you know, dismissed the idea of more notable people. And, oh, wow, what an absolute career fumble from Shelley Long, who it, again, all worked out for. But she was in the Ron Howard film Night Shift in 1982, uh, right before Cheers starts. And because of that, she had to turn down playing the role of Mary the mother in E.T., which, oh, what a, oh, what a fumble. Because oh, um, Shelley Long, uh, she, uh, yeah, she had a tremendous career on this show. And then outside of the show, I mean, she kept working, but uh, it's a bit more hit or miss. Uh, though in 1989, uh, she was in a movie that as a child, I saw a bunch. That's right. Troop Beverly Hills. Sure. I'm aware of that movie ex existing. Um, Are you aware of that movie because of the young actress? Well, it's like the Goldie Hawn movie, right? Isn't that the... No. Uh, why did I think she's the main... I don't know. Who's in True Pearly it's, Hills? It's Shelley Long. But uh, the um, the daughter is played... I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's um, Jenny Lewis. It's like her first role. Oh, that's funny. So it was one of those things where retroactively later I was like, Oh my God! But yeah, so... Um, as Shelley, I sorry, as uh, as Diane waits at the bar, we are introduced to the the rest of the cast of uh, eccentric characters that call the bar home. We see Coach Carla arrives, and you know, and then we'll of course get you know regulars Norm and Cliff. Uh, I think this is my first time really getting a lot of extended uh, Rhea Perlman in anything I've watched, and uh, her and Danny DeVito as an item makes a lot of sense. Um, well, you'd seen her in... She's in Barbie. <laughs> yeah, where she plays a force ghost or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> not... <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> right. That's normal. <laughs> right. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure what goes she on She haunts that the Mattel offices. It's, yeah. very, it's a very Greek uh, stage production-like thing where a ghost appears and tells you the explicit message of the movie. <laughs> yes, that is, yes. <laughs> In case you missed it, this movie's about hey. feminism. Which is weird because it's the second time someone gives a speech that explicitly lays out the point of the movie. Uh, she was also in Matilda. Great movie. Oh, yeah. That directed, by directed by Danny DeVito. I've Somebody never seen nor read Matilda. Somebody went mm. to a party that I was at dressed as Trunchbull, uh, and it was the most popular costume I've seen in a few years. People were so excited about Trunchbull. That makes, yeah. It would be pretty exciting if I saw someone like that and was like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it is important to note that Perlman and DeVito are um, separated. Uh, they separated in 2012, reconciled in 2013, separated in 2017 and have no intention of divorcing and are closer friends after their separation than they were in their final years as a couple. Sure. It, it would be really embarrassing, I think. Happy for them. It would be really embarrassing, I think, to have an on-again, off-again as a celebrity. Like, it's just like, it's already embarrassing enough. Like, it's, it's so hard because breakups are hard. And inevitably, if you care about somebody enough, the people close to you that are not that person are going to have to do a lot of emotional labor 
for and with you near the end of your relationship. And then when you get back together with that person, like it's already embarrassing enough to have your friends just be like, well, but when you're a celebrity, <laughs> like everybody saw that moment, everybody saw that moment. We've, we've all had it in life where you tell your friend the honest assessment you have of someone they were with. And then they get back with that person. And then you're all like, I never said a thing. What are we talking about? Like, it's never brought up again. Always remarkable. I only just yeah. realized today that that Hurts ad where Tom Brady stands up on the couch and says, I love Hurts, is a reference to the Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes thing from, I believe, 18 years ago. <laughs> Something six, like that is now. That right? Isn't it the War of the Worlds promo? <laughs> Could be closer to 20. the War of the Worlds promo. <laughs> yeah. The fucking... That fucking account that only posts hot pics of celebrities and then asks stupid movie questions that I continue to follow, the synesthetic. Um, uh, I will never unfollow uh, the horny Twitter guy, the horny Monica Bellucci guy. Uh, he, uh, David Lynch. There was one that was just... <laughs> the, the horny uh, Monica Bellucci guy, most Italians. I was, uh, yeah, I was just You mean, uh, but uh, you know who she's with right now in real life, right? Uh, I imagine her husband is Jim because that's why she has that name. No, uh, I don't know. Tim Burton. Shouts out to Tim. Oh, Timmy geez. only. Does he keep doing Timmy it? only. He's, <laughs> is it the hair? They love him because he's. <laughs> wait, was this Travis? Is it the hair? <laughs> is it the hair? I don't know. Yeah, they, ladies, the ladies like love Tim. He like only a, pulls tens. I feel like it's the like dark aesthetic and the like. Like he's the breed. They let him hit it because he's grim. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> they let him hit it because he's spooky. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what if Squall was creative and made a bunch of movies that everybody loves? Like, but yeah, because it's it's uh, Helena Bonham Carter to Ava Green to Monica oh, Bellucci. Jesus Christ. There was Lisa Marie in there. But yeah, my guy, my Ava guy Green out there pulling so up hot. from deep. Holy fuck. <laughs> Why are you doing the Adam Levine? When, and then when's the last time you looked at Tim Burton? <laughs> I've I've never looked at Tim Burton. I don't think in my life he he doesn't look like a man who you would expect to have had these four partners in his life. Oh, that's a guy. Oh, you know what? He does look like. They a should man let Tim Burton make a sequel him. to his Batman movies. Monica Bellucci. Oh, I, the reason I brought this all up was because the guy, the synesthetic posted that The Incredibles was 19 years ago today, and I laid down on the floor. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. The Incredibles <laughs> could drink learning. in Canada. Uh, unlike, that, unlike that veteran that was uh, banished from the bar. What is it he says? This is the thanks we get? Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that kid's funny. Like those are, those were all good bits. Most that of the jokes was, that episode was good. funny. Okay, so the thing about the show, uh, part of the reason why Fred Dreyer was considered, and I bet this would also have worked with Ed O'Neill and some of the others, was the original idea he was was going to be a wide receiver for the Patriots. Every mm. time you say Ed O, I mean my brain. You know where it goes. <laughs> why wasn't Ed Orgeron on the show? Speaking of womanizers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We should work out sometime. <laughs> that's 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 too much. Uh, what you read there, Missy? A bar in our book. A bar in New Orleans. Move, move the setting to New Orleans. Uh, George went uh, auditioned for the role uh, as George, 
that was the character's name. <laughs> they were like, no, no, no. It's not going to work if everyone, if George walks into the bar and everyone goes, George! If you had to design an actor in a lab that is like Chicago guy, it is George Went. Like, there's never what, been like, more of like the platonic ideal of one of those Chicago guy actors that just shows up as like a big burly, burly dude that people enjoy and like a disproportionate number of guys that live in Oak Brook are like, this is actually my favorite actor. Do you guys want to do sometime the George Went show, a sitcom that lasted six episodes? <laughs> That's yeah, about like, has he ever not been Norm? Brother. He's kind of just eternally Norm. And he's probably rich as fucking shit. He's got yeah. sitcom syndication money. You know who's yeah. set for life? John Ratzenberger for doing every Pixar movie. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> he has an awesome Speaking career. Of goddamn he did this the and then he's in every Pixar movie because he has a great voice. And not that it matters, not that he's getting tons from this. You know what else he's in? The Empire fucking strikes back. John Ratzenberger's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he's briefly in Empire Strikes Back as like some member of the Rebel Alliance. Okay, I think I, re- I think I, I think I remember his. <laughs> so like he's he's major, actually he's Rebel Force Major Bren Durlin. Sure. Wow, this is sometimes people like so look he royalties from that, and then they age and they still look like oh yeah, this guy looks like that attractive person just older, like Ted Danson even. Like he looks old, but like she's like oh yeah, that's Ted Danson. Ted, he's a silver John Fox. John Ratzenberger. Looks Guys, the, the the legend he, he page. He gained a lot of weight oh, between the first and last episode. The the legend the the Star Wars Wikipedia page in the legend tabs the old canon for Bren Durlin is so long. <laughs> I do love that they were like, "Hey, this guy appeared in one scene in one of the movies. We are going to give him." 70 novels of uh, backstory does, or whatever. I still, I still haven't played uh, the new Star Wars Jedi games. Ratzenberger in that? Yeah, he joined the Alliance military after his father, anti-imperial Senator Galen oh, Durlin, was assassinated. Yeah. Uh, he became Galen a captain Durlin, and uh, served... Starting safety. Uh, he served during the events of the Battle of Hoth. A year later, Alliance General Han Solo asked Major Durlin to gather a commando team for a vital rate. There's just so much... <laughs> During the years right. of the New Republic. Does it say when he died? I don't know. I don't remember this character. I'm imagining, though, that he is a uh, living piggy bank alien. Uh, let's see. Uh, during the so-called Black Fre- Fleet Crisis, there mm-hmm. was a recording. Yeah, okay. So no no mention of his death. So, yeah, Durlin could still come back at any point. There's another guy uh, who's, like, in the Rebel Alliance wearing the exact same clothes-ish. Like, same vibe as Brent Durlin, whose name is Ledick Firest. Which is, what are you, what? George. His name is, I'm sorry, I'm going to need you to spell that for me. L, it's exactly, exactly. Also a blue chip recruit, believe it or not. L-E-D-I-C-K, Ledick, F-I-R-E-S-T. Is the D capitalized? Like, are you sure it's not Ledick? No. No, it's Ledick. I don't care. The D is not capitalized, but Ledick Firest is... It's probably the legend. His legends page also very long. (laughs) (laughs) This is the good things about George Lucas is you. It would just be those things where it's like, oh yeah, that character. His name's Ledick Firest, (laughs) and everyone would be like, yes, of course. Mm." (laughs) My 
favorite George Lucas thing. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, in the future, uh, that thing's not really called uh, jazz. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's kind of a pl- pl- or sorry, the past. In the past, yeah, I was gonna say, Steve, shut the fuck up. It's in the past. It's a long <laughs> I know, time ago. I, know, I, know. I fixed it, okay? Fixed Wikipedia, it Wikipedia articles always being in the past tense, also one of my favorite bits on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so good? <laughs> Senator Meow and I were having a conversation the other day about one of the funniest things when you go back and watch the first Star Wars is you realize that Darth Vader's character is named Darth Vader, like his first name is Darth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in that movie, people talk to him like his name is Darth Vader, as opposed to later where it's like well, Darth title. is a title, yeah, and Vader is, title. is the name. But yeah. people just call him Darth in that movie, and they just like they they. Lucas well, it's like is calling someone to, general. It's fine. Come by your rank. Lucas has gone to such pains to edit out everything and can never touch that part. Like he can't do that one. Yeah, but the moment but AI tech just, lets yeah, him, like he some, will. It is like somebody saying general or captain. You know, something like that. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's like, yes, uh, that that genre is called jizz, uh, not jazz. And like 20 years later, somebody was like, George, can we please not call the genre that the fucking cantina band plays jizz? And he's like, oh, fine. And they're like, canonically, it's no longer called jizz. And then there's just this little fucking release that's like, Star Wars has changed the name of the genre. The cantina <laughs> band plays from jizz to juzz or something. <laughs> like, Travis, Jesus Christ, George. The people of the Star Wars equivalent of RateYourMusic.com furious as they try and deal with their genre tree being reorganized. <laughs> Did you call Figure and Dan and the Modal Knowns mid-school jizz? <laughs> the longest debate in the history of the forums. Yes, Ian, what were you going to say to me? <laughs> I was just going to ask a question about Figure and Dan and the Modal Nodes, but you did it. You got, you know what? You, the moment happened on its own anyways in a funnier context, so I stopped. Every now and then I think about the fact that you don't really like the Star Wars movies all that much, but you did have the Star Wars <laughs> alien encyclopedia that you read obsessively as a child. Yeah, so, so you I have ironclad knowledge. <laughs> like, that's the thing about you is you're like, hey, I mean, I like the movies or anything, but you also are like, I've seen every movie like one Bosk. at least like one time, but I know who the Yuuzhan Vong are, and I love that spider that sells weapons out of an asteroid belt or whatever. Can we talk about cheers? So <laughs> no. Talk about. Uh, whatever. Sam gets in this... Co- like, Diane goes to the bathroom while they all talk about her after she's like, don't divulge the details of my private life in front of everybody. Sam starts to explain what's going on to Coach, and she's like, I would prefer if you didn't tell everyone about my life. And he goes, okay, she's a hooker. And uh, Coach... A very stupid man is like, yeah, of course. Nothing wrong with that. A high-class lady. Uh, and uh, later, uh, when everyone's like, hey, what's the deal with that weird woman at the end of the bar when she goes to the bathroom? Where the What's the deal with the woman whose vibes are desperately needs a Xanax? Yeah. Uh, Sam starts to say something, and then Coach is like, well, you know, Sam's uh, uncomfortable talking about all these. She's a hooker. Uh, and that's when then Sam reveals the actual thing. So when she returns from the bar, they give her an applause, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> and when she glares at him and he just goes, they missed you. I laughed even more. 
Ted Danson, great, effortless, great effortlessly vibes. charming. Great vibes. I, this, the vibes are so good in this show. Even if I don't love all the lines. And some of the lines are quite good. But even when I don't... There, are, like, there are some jokes vibes. that crushed it. Yeah. I mean, though, the, be- the jokes that were killing me were in the finale with Woody Harrelson. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the, the like just just completely destroying norm at various points which is mm-hmm. like hey we got nowhere to be and he's like except for him he's got he's got work in the morning and i love the idea of woody harrelson on the council city councilman woody harrelson it's just like when do when are you up for election again i was like huh all right i guess that's what he does sam and diane have this conversation where he declares her uh, fiance goofy and that seems to set her off the most as if she's fucking Canadian or something and calling someone goofy goofy is a horrific well, insult. I but think I think it's much that a- less that and more the fact that like she's so head over heels for this guy. That yes. Him insulting him insulting him is worse than him implying that he's going off with his ex-wife, which is yeah, uh, which is I think the point that they're getting at. But also this, this dude's a fucking creep and Definitely goofy. It's funny because, like, I would never get offended if you called a shitty guy goofy. But, like, I call so many guys that I adore goofy that it just doesn't feel like the right word for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, there's because so many people where I'm like, that guy's often used endearingly, He's the best. <laughs> except in Canada where it's like calling someone a child molester. Uh, everything else. Is it really? Yes. Calling someone, huh. I don't, I don't know thinking. if that affects Disney how how Goofy himself is marketed in Canada, but like it is a thing. Like calling someone a goof is like a grave insult to Canadians. Mm. I liked it when someone calls me a goof. So yeah, wow. Yeah, damn. I agree. <laughs> if somebody was like, "Oh, you're goofy," I was like, I'd be like, "Cool, I try." Yeah, it's the same thing as when someone says "you dummy" to me about something, and I'm like, "Well, that was endearing." Dummy is fine, also. Yeah, dummy, dummy is like. I was like, are you hitting on me? Yeah, because it's so <laughs> like, light. Yeah. But after this conversation, Diane is about to storm out, and then I remember she needs to change the reservations of their flight to Barbados, and then learns on the phone that her fiancé and his ex-wife are leaving together on that plane. Brutal. Yeah. Can't believe it went this way for you. Yeah. Uh, and Sam's like, well, you know, you could have a job here. She's like, why would I ever want to work here? And then reveals her perfect recall for drink orders. Yeah. In and like, what else she, she qualified can... for? And she more or less, without saying it, is like, I'm in grad school in English. She says so nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she says nothing. She says the words, yeah, she says nothing. But yeah, she perfectly recalls a complicated order. What I like, though, like, is the waitress. dawning horror on her face as she recalls the, <laughs> the correct order. Like, realizing, like, oh, no, I'm good at this. And then she shows up the next day dressed like Sam Malone, which I think is purposeful and funny. That she's like, well, not that I work at this bar, what do I wear? And she wears uh, a plaid button down that's big and then, uh, uh, you know, like jeans. And she uh, unloads her life story on the first customer she has, who then reveal that they are tourists. Yeah. Who do not speak English. And she looks down defeated. And I smiled and had a good time and was like, yeah, I would watch more Cheers. And this is before we even get into the fucking iconic that was, characters that was a good bit where she, he where she over explained she over explained what she was doing there and they were first thing and then they were like i i we're here to ask for where the police station is we lost our stuff it's like good stuff i saw i kind of saw it coming like something like that but even so it's fine if you execute it gotta say shelly shelly long you know i i definitely would go to the bar and be like 
Who's that cute person working at the bar that I'm never going to talk to? You would like you would like it a hyper intelligent but like kind of dickish person who is a little bit too into their intelligence. And it's would be why a little are you bit mean it, to you. Why are you doing this? Is that, is you that what you're telling like me, that? Ian? Is that what you're saying? Why, 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 why you, what is this incredulous tone? Why do you have to do this? Let me live. Maybe Newworth didn't appear once in these episodes for me to say anything about her. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I hate you. I'm leaving for the rest of the episode. Okay. All right. He's leaving. He's going to get on a plane and then come back and then we all have to ice him out. And then... <laughs> I love that was good also. Of the way they all do it, and then I was like, "Damn, like, that's ah! a brutal finale for this beloved sitcom." That they're just like, you know what? Fuck you, Sam. If you're just leaving the bar, that yeah, I all, I was I was actually like, "Oh damn, cheers, drama, really cheers." Here. I they fooled me. They pranked. Imagine me. hearing that about prank, this in your that local prank bar. Was scene. on the viewer, not not Sam. It was on the viewer. Yeah. So would you watch more Cheers? Would you watch Cheers if it was directed by? Christopher Nolan and Sam was just called the viewer. The bartender. Yes. <laughs> well, I would watch it because as much as I love those movies, I consider Christopher Nolan among the least funny people on the planet. <laughs> so I would love to see Christopher Nolan's sitcom. I would abs- of course I would watch the the sitcom directed by a man who has basically said he looks down on television. Are you kidding me? I just think he does that because he's like, that's what my fucking brother does. Don't ask me. <laughs> That's, That's what my problem. American brother does. <laughs> yeah, but there's very few directors, Stephen, that you would be like, hey, would you watch this person's Cheers? Or I wouldn't be like, I'm very interested. This is David Fincher's Jodorowsky, Cheers. Be Jodorowsky's like, Cheers. Of course. Is there a better theme song for a television program? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay, that's not a surprising answer. <laughs> um... Gosh, there are some I really like. Probably Neon Genesis Evangelion, maybe. As far as things that tell you what the show is about, this one's hard to beat. I mean, I would also say another personal favorite of mine uh, from the same, you know, tree, the Fraser theme. Yeah. I mean, I also didn't expect. I Nare is like clearly, you know, exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. I knew the song, obviously, but I'd never seen what the images are in the theme song, so I was kind of surprised liked, by that whole that. thing. That's just like I the history of the cool bar. Thing. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a cool thing where it's like it's like labeling the people with kind of the archetype that they're playing. Yeah, but like old timey. Like I thought that was kind of yeah. Cool. It's funny to see like Woody Harrelson's name next to like an old timey mustache man and a bowler. Uh, you know what? I wish this episode uh, had spent more time exploring. Uh, whatever conversation uh, Salman Rushdie and Dr. Ruth said at this television yes. award show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, was, like, that was inspired being like, who would be funny? That in like, and of itself was a bit which was pretty funny. <laughs> because the whole conceit being they're all watching this award show at the bar in the hopes of seeing cleavage, um, which is some of the most boomer shit ever. Maybe so I'll see a part of a boob on a small TV in a bar because we don't have the internet. Uh and then it's like, up next, Salman Rushdie and Dr. Ruth. And they're like, uh, never mind. But it also fits as uh, Sam is in sex addiction therapy. It is thus not allowed to even think about anything sexual for like and a week. she's like, let me talk to you about my relationship. And he's like, that should be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good bit. I mean, yeah, that'll that'll be okay. Yeah, it's like the main thing in this episode is how many like longtime people who we had not met before from the first episode are getting their stories wrapped up because we've got Rebecca played by Kirstie Alley. You have Woody obviously replaced Coach after he died. You have uh, Fraser, who obviously we know very well uh, from his future endeavors. Although I thought they would at some point explain like he's going to Seattle. The, at least as an advertisement for NBC to be like coming this fall or whatever, Frasier, because it is the no, same I year, I believe. Just, uh, I don't remember if they yeah, explaining just, in Frasier why he wound up back there. Yeah, it's just it's just a couple months later uh, that they do that. But I guess they were just like, listen, we don't need to explain anything. Everyone lo- knows Frasier. It's fine. Yeah, they love this man, and yeah. admittedly, he's fucking on it in this episode. <laughs> Pitch perfect. <laughs> Still, run! Yeah. <laughs> run like the wind! <laughs> Whatever, he's yeah. screaming at him. Kelsey Grammer, oh. uh, personal b- politics aside, uh, King, still. Obviously. Kelsey Grammer is a Well, great, no, not still. A, Kelsey Grammer is a great screamer. He does a good yeah. yell. Yeah, it is It is true. Because one it's of also the in shots. the like weird upper class lilt that he has or whatever he still keeps yes. his like tone so of far. like an overeducated yeah because he's such a like gas bag uh so perfectly one for the road 42.4 million households good name for a last episode of cheers more people watched this let's see most watched broadcasts what do like modern super bowls get uh, the second most viewed thing of all time was the Super Bowl from this year. Okay. Um, 115 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Now, can we, can we, can you guess what's the most viewed television broadcast of all time? Is in the it United still States? the MASH finale? Nope. No, MASH finale has been crushed by all of these Super Bowls, but it is not a Super Bowl. Is it like a live broadcast of some sort? Uh-huh. Is it like some sort of election-related thing? Nope. I can give you a clue whenever you want. It's a non-TV yeah, I'll take show. One. Uh, yeah, it was a, a non-TV show. Um, that um, let's see what, what what clue doesn't give it away. Oh, is the moon landing? Yeah, it's the moon landing. Okay. <laughs> My original clue was going to be some say it didn't happen. Uh. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the. Uh, that's the biggest, but um, where is the most watched television broadcasts in the United Would States? Would you watch Stanley Kubrick's Cheers? <laughs> yes. Another person that I did would not really, find. That, that would really get at the the heart of at the the pain of all the all these men in this show. And again, uh, another person who, by and large, not particularly funny, <laughs> made one of the most respected comedies of all time. Yeah, but but also Gene Wilder, and also. Fucking no! Nope, Talking about Strange Love, my man. Also, oh Peter my God! I meant Peter Sellers. I meant Peter Sellers. I meant Peter Sellers. I meant Peter okay. Sellers. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, calling a calling a uh, the end of your television show about a bar one for the road is the right name. Undoubtedly, mm-hmm. they had that one in the back pocket for a while. Uh, I have gone away. Tabula Rasa. Fuck you. <laughs> Directed by uh, Jimmy Burroughs, who directed 50 television pilots, co-created Cheers, formed Three Sisters Entertainment, and created Will and Grace and Caroline in the City. Mm. 
I imagine he's a very rich man. He is a graduate of Oberlin College, so I wish him nothing but ill in life. Fuck, fuck the yeoman. Fuck the yeoman here. <laughs> um, yeoman free zone. But uh, yeah, so they as we as we mentioned in this episode, the 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 bar is gathered around to watch a, a award show. Uh, I do not remember what the award show is called. It's like a vague, uh, like television and film award. It's like a Golden Globes ish thing. It seems like, yeah. And uh, you know, as this is happening, you know, we get uh, Fraser, who's been asked to write a speech for Woody because Woody has been elected to city council in a plot that is perfect to just get to the end. <laughs> that of. apparently, I did read it was like Fraser put him up to this as like an experiment. He didn't mean for perfect. it to go this far, and he had nightmares about Woody becoming president and using the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I love this all, and I'd love to see the episodes where a very tired Kelsey Grammer is like at the bar explaining that he hasn't been sleeping because he's been having nightmares of Woody Harrelson dropping the bomb. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Woody is, yeah, uh, Fraser asks him. I did also like this, just for him being like, yeah, I'll be your speechwriter. What do you want to say? And he's like, oh, another actual favor I have to ask for you. Just like had nothing to do with <laughs> all of my that. policy. Yeah, right, right at all. Uh, and then um, Rebecca is uh, there because she has decided, or she she is excited because she is waiting for a proposal from uh, Don, a man she's been seeing who is a plumber. Apparently, the thing with her is she was a real uh, like gold digger type, is what they went for. Mm. And uh, then she finally decides to settle down with just an average, normal, everyday plumber. Uh, as she said later, she wanted. Donald Trump. What was it? She she, she wanted Donald, Donald Trump, Trump and got Ed Norton, as in the main character from The Honeymooners, not the actor Thank Ed you. Norton, who at that point was not even really famous. Thank you, Travis, because I was I like, had no idea. I had like, no Does idea. This was like, primal like, fear. <laughs> yeah, like what yeah, is, I was like Ed Norton. <laughs> like I heard that, no. and I was like, what? <laughs> the tra- what the is this? Yeah, Travis, that's an impressive thing to have picked. I Wikipedia. I was like, I know that that's not the actor Ed Norton. I'm sure that there's another Ed Norton that is famous, and I was like, oh yes, huh. the from the Honeymooners. I just choose. I I in that moment decided it's way funnier if it's Ed Norton, and it's <laughs> I went up with a very Ed- difficult actor. <laughs> It's but it, and it's all yeah yeah. I want an actor who everyone thought was going to be the next Pacino, and then actually it turns out he's That's only like, really good anymore playing an absolute fucking buffoon. <laughs> he's so funny in Glass Onion when he shows up dressed like Tom Hanks. I mean, sorry, Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Ed Norton has always bothered me because he sounds like Bill Simmons. Also, American History X is a bad movie, but nothing about nothing about the sports guy who definitely I bet has a lot of strong opinions on Cheers. As a Boston guy, yeah, who's of the generation that would have been watching this show. Also, all of the people in Cheers have a strong opinion about Bill Simmons. Probably, you know, based on their sports, they're probably arguing about who the interest. best Celtics are of all time on this show. This is definitely this. They, these are definitely the people who are the ones that time I was at a bar in Boston watching the NBA Finals and said something casually with the people I was there with about LeBron being good at the post and some guy was some some guy who was also there started telling me about how he doesn't have the moves like Havlicek did and I was like I would no longer <laughs> like to be a part of this conversation. I'm now searching a list of Cheers guest stars to see if any Boston athletes ever appeared on it cuz it feels right that like 
Larry Bird or Kevin McHale would have shown up on the show, but nothing I can find. So, yeah, Rebecca, though, is so excited for this proposal that she accidentally rejects it, which is pretty funny. That is a good yeah bit to keep going back to is when he finally gets out that he wants to marry her and she's just like, no. <laughs> uh, Kevin McHale has appeared on Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Any other notable guest stars? Well, first I had Cheers cameos. And there's an IMDb page that's guest stars on Cheers, which include Christopher Lloyd, Michael Richards, Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin himself, Kevin Conroy, the god, he's there, Harvey Firestein. Uh, then Massachusetts Senator John Kerry has a cameo. <laughs> that was Kane. the one where I saw John Kerry's yeah. photo in this headline. I was like, I need to know more about this. Carol and Kane, they just thought he was a, he, he's playing himself, and they just thought he was a uh, 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 a news anchor who was there. There's also John Cleese, and he has like a dark beard, and uh, his hair is dark. And it, I really did not realize it was John, uh, Cleese. He is John apparently Cleese an old friend of Frazier. Weird to think about. Yeah. Wade Boggs. Su- subject of subject of my favorite Twitter reply of all time, Wade Boggs. Glenn Beck uh, was an extra, an uncredited extra. Ugh. So, well, I don't know what to tell Gotta you. I guess, uh, cheers. Bad. Uh, it's canceled. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. played Harry Connick Jr. played Woody's equally stupid cousin. Bet that's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Classic bit in a comedy to bring in someone's relative that's similar to them in a way that's also funny. I was watching that that King of the Hill with Patch Boomhauer played by Brad Pitt recently. That's very good. It really could go either way because you can bring in you can bring in like this person. This person is like this because everyone in their family is like this, or this family member is not like this. How the fuck did this happen? And yeah. both can be played for comedy in very good ways. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael Dukakis also appeared as a guest star. <laughs> you know what? We really need more of our politicians appearing as guest stars in television programs. Also, it never looks bad in hindsight to do. Never looks bad in hindsight. Harvey Firestein played Rebecca's high school sweetheart. That's funny. Yeah. She's like, he's the one who got away. And then comes in. He's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that seems to be about the the good ones that are, are worth mentioning there. Uh, but anyway, they're watching this award show. We get this incredible fake, oh, the very well-written bad award show banter between Mike Ditka and swimsuit model Kim Alexis. Incredibly uh, spot on. Just perfect, the, like, who do you think had delivery? Who do you think had more coverage in Sports Illustrated? Ditka chewing gum while <laughs> presenting the award. Yeah, me. Just yeah, again, the yo, Chicago guy influence do. over this Boston set show is crazy. Between George Went and Ditka and Prosky, allegedly yeah. uh, being auditioned and all that, the specter of Prosky. That this really looms should have over. been a Chicago set show. I feel like that is a big I part of it. I think it should fight. have been a Chicago set show. I agree. Yeah, no, like that no, to me. Come on. I mean, it literally doesn't Don't matter because it's all in a room. <laughs> so it, yeah, yeah, it just makes say. it's like what oblique references do they make to the setting to remind you that it's there? But otherwise, it means nothing <laughs> that it's in these places. There's, it's just there is something more romantic in it to me. No offense that to have Sam Malone be a, a Red Sox pitcher than a Cubs pitcher. Yeah, it's also just like the two big Irish towns in America. You've really offended Travis because of his affinity for the Cubs and how he grew up in the shadow of Wrigley Park. Yeah, he did grow up in the shadow there. 
That's true. If the bar if the bar was owned by Carrie Wood, I mean, <laughs> that'd really be an incredible place. Oh yeah, what happened to this guy? Oh, his arm just fucking exploded. <laughs> so now he runs a bar. Instead of it, oh yeah, my happened, elbow injury was elbow? I bent it too. It's really fucked up. Yeah, I didn't bend it too much drinking beers. I just fucking me and Mark Pryor Pitching just decided to you. obliterate our arms. Pitching was is it not Wood good. or Pryor who sh- it was one of the guys who was the distinction of striking out as many batters in a game as his age was? Uh, at 20 years old, he struck out 20 bl- batters, which is the record for strikeouts in a single game. That's cool. At a 21, uh, actually, no, out 21 well, no, it's tied for the record. Because uh, Scherzer also did that, as did Roger Clemens twice. Mm. I remember when Kluber struck out uh, 18, and that was insane. Anyway, they're naming incredible fake shows on this award show that's like Tulsa Goodbye or, or Tulsa Farewell. Tristan and his old get a place in New Jersey was the one. They realistically for me. have Mike Ditka stumbling over Tristan and his old, but I think that was just him actually fucking up the line, and they're like, not nah, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, this is the better take. <laughs> He's like, Tri- Tristan and Isolde get a place in Connecticut. Tristan, Tristan and uh, uh get a place in this New is, Jersey. This has to be the first time in Mike Ditka's life that he has encountered the words Tristan and Isolde. <laughs> I, I think it rules that I've now heard Ditka say that. Uh, <laughs> Never anything I expected when watching Cheers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect Mike Ditka to begin with. But yeah, they... um. They uh, while they're watching uh, this this award show, it's uh, you know they're they're I don't remember which award it is. It's it's some it's cable screenwriting thing it's, in a in like a miniseries or TV movie, I think, or something like yeah. that. So they hear uh, you know as they're talking, they hear uh, Diane, Diane Chambers. Chambers, and I do like the, the way it is first displayed. Basically, is it is like a ghost walks through Fraser, like he just suddenly is like chilled to the bone is like did you hear that <laughs> yeah like uh, would this happen to you with a with an ex in your life if you just heard their name on the tv i got i got i actually heard i really i really don't want to tell you maybe after the episode but i heard the most unhinged relationships story i've ever heard in my life i think i think well no that was the that was the um, breastfeeding at 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 the groom's <laughs> wedding story, but um, <laughs> fucking grapes of wrath themed wedding they went to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I, if you I want to tell the story, this relationship story at the end of the podcast. But about relationships, okay, can I can I make a prediction uh, first? Is it about? Do they get back together after six years of not speaking to each other, and then we're like, "Let's get married and move to across the country together"? And I all think that's like, normal that's and romantic, idea. right? Dude, I'm like, look. I'm like one phone call away from doing that every day of my life. Like, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, because you're afraid that you'll tell everyone that, and then the reaction will be just everyone staring at you dude, in silence at the bar. Dude, that would be so <laughs> brutal. But I was like, oh, by the but way, everyone, like, did. I'm back. Did with- you guys hear what I said? We're back <laughs> together. Everyone just keeps staring. That's that I is also probably like- the most me thing to happen in this episode. 
I really liked I laughed at that. I also really laughed at the one guy who is, has this all explained to him later as to what's occurred. Yeah, and he goes, I miss everything. And then he walks okay, so, away. And the fucking, the fucking psychiatrist the from... Yeah, just the psychiatrist from Silence of the Lambs comes <laughs> running down the staircase. Just like... First, your astronauts and your cowboys. <laughs> that should happen more. That should happen more often in sitcoms where mad things happen, where like so, then some some side character just gets it explained to them. Like that's a good bit. It's like okay, so here's also, what the, happened. What's also fun though is from our perspective, this is a character who maybe never appeared any other time in Cheers. Yeah, who we don't know because he was always like just someone who was out always there. Yeah, he's which just is also funny if that would be the case. Like that's the type of role, and I've said this before. That's the type of thing where, like, if I if I had the creative power and was working on it, I would want that to be a really famous person, like some you know, it's the Brad Pitt's a big fan. We're putting him in this, and he's like, "Wait, you're telling me this happened?" He knows everyone that's there, and he's like, "Man, I'm always missing these moments," and then leaves and has more <laughs> stuff happen. Yeah. Um, Steven, you were going to say something Alley. about Kirstie Alley. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to keep talking about her plot line and 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 yeah. like. But I guess what needs to happen is like so he so Sam sends Diana a telegram and about like which is hilarious because what um what is the process of sending someone a telegram I just googled can I still send a telegram <laughs> I was like they were doing this in 1993 that telegram that's what I was thinking I was like I don't think I don't think my parents were sending telegrams in 1993 <laughs> um I tried to send a telegram in 2016. It didn't work. This is an Atlantic <laughs> article. Damn it! I thought about how funny it would be if Travis received a telegram from me tomorrow. <laughs> if there was secretly a robust telegram system and then I just started using it to ask friends if they wanted to hang out. This is actually a jumping off point for telegram. So you know how I... Um, so I was thinking, like, okay, could you actually get somebody... Like, you could get someone to, like, give... Like, you could pay someone enough to do it. You could, if it's all yeah. about money, right? To to like go to somebody's house and be like, "Hello, here's your telegram. Would you like me to read it to you?" But you know how I expect perfect attendance at my wedding. Yes. So I was I was talking about that, and by people were like, "But we 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 built it until eventually, I was uh, I was I was getting people like served like subpoenas." When that's the invite to my wedding, and somebody finds you, and it's like you have been served. Well, you need to appear at Steven's wedding on this day, or you will be just some like, guy knocks on my door and is like, "You're uh, hi, are you Ian Benson?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Here's your, you've been served." I'm like, what? Be- it's way better if he like finds you at Antiques on, on Antiques on High, and is like, "Are you yeah. Ian Benson? I've been trying to find you." Or <laughs> it's way funnier if I don't know that that's what's going on, but I just keep dodging this guy, thinking yeah, I'm trying to like, be why served. Is this guy following me. Just like you being like why haven't you rsvp to my wedding i'm like what are you talking about ultimate I haven't challenge gotten a single invite ultimate challenge steven invite shaquille o'neal to your wedding <laughs> didn't I, they finally serve him they finally got him they should have just let it happen on the air during inside the nba <laughs> i know i've i'm turner should have that. served him that, that would have been, been the really dopest good. shit. <laughs> they should have done they do the race to the back where they touch where they go touch the yeah. screen at the back and they race and then <laughs> Kenny Smith just presents <laughs> he us with us. Why the fuck didn't they do this? We so good. All the tweets that they share after, perfect. 
All of those inside the NBA guys would absolutely be like, yeah, we will help serve Shaq on TV. It's really funny. I bet there's, I bet if, if there was a way to legally do it, I bet Barkley would have done that. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe that he wasn't making jokes about he, it every single episode. Charles Barkley would have absolutely <laughs> seen the, the comedy in that. Like yeah. 100%. Did you guys know that there was an, uh, for the, that, um, that cheer that Fraser was not the first spinoff of Cheers. Yeah, because we no. talked about it in the Fraser episode. There was Wings. Yeah, we talked about it in the Fraser episode, but I still Wings didn't is know not it. a spinoff. Wings what is another show of? that was created, and Fraser appeared in it. Some Cheers characters would appear in it because it was like, it was more. That was just a crossover thing because that was set in like a Nantucket airport. Okay, and the George Went show is not a Cheers spinoff. It's a no, no, but the Tortellis was a spinoff centered around. Uh, Carla's ex-husband, who was earlier, who it was explained in the first episode as the that was the HVAC repairman, TV repairman, yeah, who leaves her. Uh, he's played by Dan Hedaya, and it's set in Los Angeles or in Las Vegas. So that went, um, let's see, thirteen episodes. So I think uh, I think that's another rife one for us to claim. Mm. Uh, uh, but yeah, because I was I was checking to see something about Carla, and it was like, oh. She had also appeared in this, uh, so I think, I think it's fun that they have a failed spinoff before they got to uh, Frasier. They should have had a show which, that's um, Cliff Cleveland delivering mail to various eccentric characters. <laughs> it was called Death. Sorry, I'm I'm, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back also a little bit in our conversation here. I like uh, reception. Carla, uh, the character Carla, many people loved her, thought she was great. Uh, um, a writer by the name of, uh, let's see here, it's uh, I believe it's a William Simmons, previously of ESPN, <laughs> praised her in episodes that do not mainly focus on her, which I can only imagine the way he said that. <sighs> She's a great Real cool guy, character. always there, you know, never, there'll be those times, not out there putting out the points, but just a solid presence people like to be around. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, assist to turnover ratio, Carla is absolutely top of the game. Just starts cherry picking stats that he's looking at for the first time to invoke why it's a good character. Do you guys remember uh, when he suggested the Memphis Grizzlies have home field advantage because the weight of the Martin Luther King assassination uh, affects players um, when they go to Memphis? What do you think Sam's ex-fip was? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the thing I do want to know is they say Sam was a good pitcher and then was or was a great pitcher and then became a drunk and was a bad pitcher. So I just want the stat breakdown. Yeah. Can Zach Cram give me like the full thing? Can we get a John Boy's video on the career of Sam Malone? So anyway, Diane calls him and is like, "Hey, this is the classic uh, Squidward Squilliam phone call, where uh, you know the first one to do it." I went on a date with somebody and referenced Squidward, and she was like, who's that? And I was like, Squidward? She's like, I don't know Jesus. what that is. I was, like, was she 56 I, uh, years old? I feel like yeah. the most insane person in the world right now. So, so she, he calls, they're doing that thing where they're both like, how are you doing? How are you doing? And they keep like lying about that. Well... You know, he's like, oh, my life is great. I'm so fulfilled. I've got great family. My hair's never been thicker, which is a good line. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, she's like, yeah, I've got a husband and three kids. And he's like, I've got a husband and four kids. A wife and so, four uh, kids. If you said I have a husband and four wife, kids, sorry, that would have been a great one. Sorry, ship wife up. and four kids. And he's like, so, you know, one more than you. Which was this, also very funny. Line. This conversation is insane. And it's great. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh, this was another one I saw coming. But it's like, who knows? Like, the, the like, also, sh- like, they both have a fake partner um mm-hmm. uh, but the, it's but, very good but that the, he no, went and no, grabbed yeah is it rebecca yeah yeah he invents a, he ends up bringing <laughs> rebecca, rebecca who is as i have pointed out wearing the same dresses yesterday and can't stop crying <laughs> literally she is in the back room laying on the floor <laughs> crying when sam is like hey i need you to be my wife for this and she was like, of course I can say yes to you because you mean nothing to me, basically. <laughs> it rules, yeah. And he's like, you're a great friend. Thank you. This is, a, yeah, this is uh, a great relationship. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, uh, Diane shows up with her husband, who, uh, of course, Travis immediately recognized from uh, a movie that Travis made us all watch. Fuck. I looked up what I knew this guy from. He's addressed Park 3. Yes, yes, um, he's in Jurassic Park 3. He is the guy, he is the the dad of the kid. Not the dad, the stepdad of the kid in the Jurassic Park missing. 3. Yeah. He's the one who's with him on the fucking paraglider. Par- <laughs> okay. It's that guy. Not William H. Macy? Cool. No. No, William H. Macy was his real dad. Oh. This was the stepfather. Mm. I think is what it was. He was like, yeah. oh yeah, let's do that. So this is this is a real powerful couple of of that guy and again um uh frederick chilton from the silence of the lambs what's crazy about this episode to me is like you're bringing back this beloved character from the show who left six seasons ago and everyone in the supporting cast is like low-key i hate this woman yeah, <laughs> like, not so just all, like she it's, sucks. So, it's so funny it's so Get funny because <laughs> it's funny because i was reading a bit and it's like not only do their characters not like her, but the actors didn't really like her very much. So that must have been a very hard thing for her. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yes, well, at least I'll get the love from them in real life. Um, I'm sure they were very professional. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I, th- I think that um, uh, people had some difficulties with Shelley Long. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know what her reputation is. I mean, obviously, we know there's a lot of actresses with bad reputations that are like, I rebuffed a sex monster or whatever, and that, oh, thus got enough. labeled with this, but I don't know what her uh, story is. Regardless, th- that in and of itself is a good bit, to bring someone back and have everyone be, <laughs> like, be like, this suck. <laughs> I don't like this person. Yeah. Well, and I, I also want to say, I think one of the things about it was that I think it was less like real time. I think it was kind of like a Mythbusters mm-hmm. style, where it's like, there was a professional working relationship. They just weren't, weren't friends and out. people and didn't care for one another on that sort of thing like that while like other people were close or something like that was i think a detail so there was some tension in that way and i like yeah yeah sam and diane of course is when you know it's the tension the will they won't they on sitcoms they're kind of the ur text on that and a mythbusters is of course when you don't like each other in real life but have a really great on-screen chemistry she said the primary reasons she left the show were to spend time with her daughter that's a and very PC she really answer. liked work. She really liked Ted Danson, and she liked Nicholas Colasanto, who played coach, but he died after season three. Uh, 
And then she left because she didn't want to keep doing the same episode over and over again and the same story. I didn't want it to become old and stale. I never regretted my decision to leave. But it was one of the most satisfying experiences of my life. Anyway, in Cheers, it's they go to the restaurant upstairs on this weird fake double date. And uh, it's, you know, the illusion about Rebecca being Extremely. Sam's wife is shattered by Don showing up. And also when she cries, when the other guy says Dawn. Also, extremely postcard to Nina situation on the other side, where it's a a gay person. Oh well, not quite, but it's a gay person, you know, pretending to be. Um, well, actually, actually, not that similar at all. But um, it's weird because <laughs> it's, like it, she's not his beard. He's her, just right. her fake husband to make <laughs> right, up being right, single. Right. And well, then, also yeah. she's helping him out because then he says he said she's going to help me write a Tales from the Crypt. Which, like, imagine Diane writing a Tales from the Crypt episode. It was such a good joke for me. I'm just like, she's helping me write a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, this is this is the part where the guy's like, oh, I miss everything, and then he just watches a series of people come running out. This is also where is this where fucking. Berenger says that they're going to make love in the swan boats at the public garden. Yes. And he really like hits the Boston accent on it really hard also. Oh yeah. 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 That was, that was Matt Damon and goodwill hunting speaking in that moment. Uh, Yeah. And like the, the husband of the guy who left their LA apartment is, you know, chasing him around the bar. And he's like, you don't understand. I could do with your astronauts and your all American, your all American quarterback or all pro quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me this. more about the affair with this all pro quarterback. I want to know. That's yeah. the juicy detail. This dude was, uh, and then slamming yeah, Jim we, Kelly, I guess. I don't know <laughs> for this time period. I also like then when they are back upstairs <laughs> where they're talking about their lives and Sam's like, don't pity me in all of these things. Um, or maybe it's after before um, Diane's fake husband leaves, where she says something about her having the like emotional intelligence of Mr. Toad's wild ride. <laughs> and I was like, where's your problem with Mr. Toad? Huh? No, uh, Sam and Sam and Diane decide they're going to get back together. They're, everyone is just over the just, moon. Yeah, they're so happy for them all. That they're, that they're speechless. Uh, and uh, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna fly off. We're gonna go. You know, I'm gonna work at a juice bar in L.A. And Fraser's like, I didn't know your prospects were so great. <laughs> uh, oh, fucking also great was Fraser greeting Diane. <laughs> this is one of the more unhinged parts in the episode <laughs> when he's just holding her, talking about it. He's like, the good thing about seeing you is I realize I'm over you. And he just keeps gripping tighter. I go for and you she's and like, your Frazier, beautiful you're... hair and your dancing eyes. And, and, your... <laughs> and then just, Frazier, you're hurting me. Oh, like you never hurt me! <laughs> just... I'm so it's, glad I got over you. It's so good when he is just pitched immediately at 100 in the back. Yeah, just screaming. Ah! And with the long the long hair and the bald, the bald up top and then the pushed back long hair, perfect energy. I like, yeah, both him and Woody having long hair uh, is weird Weird to see. Should I do this? Uh, should I, get, should, should I help no. bring it back? Please no. Uh I like when she goes up to Cliff and Norm and is like, oh, what's going on with you guys? And they're like, oh, looks can be deceiving. We've, we've had many changes in our lives. And she's like, oh, like what? And there's just this very <laughs> long pause 
forklift is like, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, and so this is where uh, uh, Sam blows up at everyone about, uh, you know, you can't just, you have to live life. You can't just sit here and be static. And, you know, you have to change. Uh, you know, life life is happening out there. We can't just sit at the bar and let it pass us by. And so they, they go to the plane. And this is where Stephen also had talked about the, the bit he liked of just them uh, naming. Or just like the uh, hallucinating, I guess, the broadcast. Yeah, kind yeah. of like yeah. hallucinating, I'd say. People being like... Yeah. And at first well, I was like, did someone back? from the bar pay off somebody to say this or whatever? But no. Yeah, they're like, but the fact that Diane and... couldn't hear it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is someone from the bar one of the people... Uh, like is the bartender or is, is is a bar regular the pilot? You know, I mean they are a pilot. Pilots love to be drunks. By the way, Sam, you yeah. want to take advantage of this delay to reconsider what you're doing? Are you really in love with this woman? Or are you trying to love her because you're afraid of ending up alone? <laughs> like so matter of fact. And then this is your flight attendant speaking, Diane. Uh, maybe you don't want to rush into this. Do you really think this is good for you? You guys got in fights every other day. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a perfect couple. Definitely what's great. Yeah, it is These so rare to see it. Will they want to be on TV and people are like, no, they were fucking awful. Will they want they as a terrible situation to be in in real life? Like, I was going to say the most so realistic bad. will they want this where everyone is like, yeah, these people like, suck so much. Yeah, these are a fucking Mountain Goat song ass couple. I, I, knew, I, knew a go- I knew a girl who's like, oh yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, I'd love to. We were going to set each other up with somebody. And then uh, I was like, oh, I actually have someone lined up. And she was like, oh, I actually am in a will-they stage with my 10-year will-they-won't-they person. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I know. Ten-year? And then then six months later, she was like, we're not together anymore. I was like, of course you're not. Will-they-won't-they is a thing that happens when two people who are fundamentally misunderstand the realistic uh, human dynamic, which is these two people need to bang one time uh, with these two people need to be together. Like sometimes you, sometimes you need to sleep with someone to clear the air, but it doesn't mean that it's meant to be, (laughs) or maybe you don't need to, but that doesn't mean, yeah. Relationships, human intimacy. It's weird and tricky. And it's why I've shut myself off from the world. And I'm just going to (laughs) watch movies now. Going to be a hermit movie cell. I'm movie, I'm in hermit mode. I'm gonna watch a genre noir film. Your after. love is the cinema. My love oh, yeah. is the cinema. There's we can all love different things. Much Sam like how loves, Sam's yeah, Sam much like how Sam's love, love is, bar, is cheers. Yeah. yeah. My love is also a bar that happens to play. That's movies. a sad ending to me. Like I just feel like this whole episode was just so like these people's lives are I I, actually, I disagree. I don't actually think it's sad. I think I think that I think like I think I love this actually because it's like we've shown you this fundamentally unrealistic heightened version of a nice thing, right? The nice mm-hmm. thing being your neighborhood bar, a, a neighborhood bar. I obviously like these people are crazy because that's what makes for a good sitcom. And also, like, we're going to talk about their fundamental flaws because it makes the comedy truer. But at the end of the day, this is, in and of itself, a rich life. It's rich because he has friends and who really care about him and a bar and, like, 
you know, it'd be nice if he could end up with someone romantic, but even if he doesn't, it doesn't mean that his life is meaningless or mm-hmm. empty. And I feel like that is kind of what they're getting at, and I kind of love it. Like, yeah. you know, it, they, they don't have to, you don't have to force somebody into a romantic relationship to tell them that their life means something. And that's mm-hmm. such, and that's such a default. That's why all of the sitcoms we ever watch end with a marriage or a baby. What's also great, and it's part of this, is he has relationships strong enough and caring enough that he can have that moment where he can call everyone out. And then hours later, when people, when many people would still be kind of mad about what was said or like, think they're just like there and they do one bit a prank. to really a prank. drive it home. And then yeah. are like, oh, we fuck, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. you thought we were going to do that. Yeah. Just everyone, you know. Like him being like, oh, I realize you guys are important. Share these cig- cigars with me. And them all being like, I got stuff to do. I mean, you said, you said it's not our home. And then, yeah, it's all of their heads sticking out the door and being like, no, this is what's important, actually. Uh, it's zany and silly. And, uh, you know, I guess anything, I just, you can find I, meaning in anything in life. Sure. And, like, that's good. I just find it very bittersweet. And some of there's also, like, from only watching the beginning of the end of this, it's like, I don't know if these people, besides the ones that, Sam gets in romantic relationships with if these people ever interact not at the bar um I believe they do because uh just because it's a long-running show so at various points they do like not be at the bar yeah because things happen right. I always thought the whole it, thing saw, is that they, nev- that, like they that. never do except for in this episode saw with scene, the plane I was gonna say we saw a scene in this episode where they don't yeah yeah, yeah I think plane, I think it's like and there's also the restaurant the restaurant that's upstairs from the but it's in the same oh is it okay. but yeah complex but I think, even but yeah either way but still i think like happens. there are multiple ones where like things and happen they show, because like the majority sure is set on the one on set the phone in a room like there are that's, <laughs> that's three separate also every one of these characters goes to visit fraser at some point that is true everyone shows up on fraser like certain episodes. yeah i'm pretty sure each one of them has one part where they go and do that and i think there's also like mentions in across Frasier of seeing people when like they just like oh that was a thing that happened but was never shown mm-hmm. I think of some of that but yeah no because I know for a fact he sees like there's the episode where he, you know Sam comes back and seeks yeah. advice because he's also about to marry someone and Frasier's basically like ugh, ugh. but uh, I just know that that's one where like Sam suddenly is standing behind the glass at the broadcast booth and Frasier just gets really excited so yeah. So it's the audience. I mean, it's hard to listen. Like, it's the cure to male loneliness, going to the same bar every <laughs> night. Maybe. Uh, I do also then like though, yeah, with uh, with Norm's little speech about the the, the real love. Uh, I mean, it's the obvious hacky joke, but it's just like you know, the one thing about his true love, and then just uh, Sam going beer, Norm, and Norm's like, ah, yeah, I can have a little one. I also like um, when they are sitting around talking about life. And Fraser says, you know, some would say that the search for meaning is a waste of time, that all human life is just a cosmic accident, an arbitrary conglomeration of molecules evolved by chance into an organism with a brainstem, condemning it to ponder, futility, the reason behind it all. And then, uh, uh, you know, Finn from Adventure Time is there and is like, what did he say? <laughs> uh, That's Big, cheers. big tart toter energy. Well, we have the final, final moment, which is some guy knocking on the door and... Sam being like, sorry, we're closed. Yeah. And then saying, I'm the luckiest son of a bitch alive. So why do you think they did that? Because is there, is there some implication that in the past he might have let them in because he needed the business, but now he's like, I actually have enough? Is that kind I of... I think it's just more... 
I think you it's know, I, I think it's the quiet contentment, and like by not having the customer come in, you just get that moment, you know, the 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 solitaire, the solitude of it, and just that like, ah, oh, no, sorry, we're closed. You know, Sam Sam ha- has a, f- a full life in this in this way, and uh, it's just a a nice, quiet, somber, heartwarming image. The rejection of that person there to be like, no, 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 I'm gonna just tidy up and call it. My friends have left. The bar is closed, and that's Cheers, where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. That's what I want. Unless you're Diane, in which case they're not thrilled they're that, you, definitely that you came. Not glad that you came. <laughs> Super unhappy about I'm trying that. to think of a version of the "Do not come, do not come." I'm gonna come. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> with just the, the cheers theme in there and they're always yeah just there and they're always glad you came cut to trump i'm gonna come crowd Woo! there you go yeah you can do that there we go so where do you guys think we're going next in our international tour um uh australia uh remember right now we are we are at the train station or perhaps the airport in uh, Denmark, or maybe we're in Sweden. I'm not really yeah, sure which one. Take, take, or me to, take me to Nigeria. Well, you're both wrong. We're going to France. Uh, a mm. fine, sophisticated culture, which is why I've decided that the French television show that we will be covering is Code Lyoko. Yep. I've heard the name. So who wants to, <laughs> who wants to talk about that one? I could try. I could also try. Steven, why don't you tell me everything you think you know about Code Lyoko, starting now. Code Lyoko is the original last name of uh, beloved sitcom star Kaylee, um, who (laughs) was in Eight Simple Rules and then later Big Bang Theory. Uh, No, I think it's animated. And I think it's French. So, the, by the name, it's probably about kid spies. It's probably just kids next door, but in France. And that's enough for me. And that's also time. And uh, it is about, of course, a group of teenagers who travel to a virtual world named Lyoko. It's like Digimon, but French. And it oh. aired on Cartoon Network in America, which is why we have heard of it before, probably. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for French television shows, and I learned that Totally Spies is a French television show, <gasps> and was so ready to pick Totally Spies, and then learned that Totally Spies has a seventh season it's coming called, out next it's year. It's called Les, les, les Espionage Totali, or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see what the name would be in France, but yes, uh, definitely was what I originally was excited for, but instead, we'll be doing Code Lyoko, a show that seems to be crazy. This was, as you know, I am Ian Benson. They are Stephen Doughton and Travis Marmon. Matt Ciani was on the ones and the twos. Wonderful production work. Stephen, can you bring us home? How about you, miss? What are your perspiration patterns? I'm sorry, mama.
Take some.